Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to episode, who knows? I'm not really even counting anymore. <laughs> um, today, I got my man Sebastian Ross on here. We talk about a lot of stuff. It's the longest podcast to date, um, from jumping into the industry to going on a farewell tour and getting out of the industry, uh, what it's like to work during the holidays. And, and then he gets me talking, telling my stories and stuff, which is crazy. That's why it's so long, because I always talk too much. But I talk about serving Drake and all the fun stuff that that entails. I'm not going to talk too much longer. Be sure to like, comment, rate, subscribe, all the things. You guys know the drill. Thanks for being back with me and supporting this whole thing as we keep it going. I hope you enjoy. voice <laughs> what it do baby what's good bad sebastian what's up man how you doing bro it's been a long time hey man it's, it's been a minute and uh right now at the time of recording it's a sunday yes sir uh, i'm taking i'm taking a little break from a weekly column that i write i got the vno poured up i'm ready to go bro i appreciate you making time for me oh man i was ready for this one of course, like for me, I just have to be ready when people are ready to go. Because, well, it's good that you're busy. Um, run, run it back. What did you, What did you say you were doing? You do a column? Yeah. So, um, one of uh, one of the ventures that I'm into is writing a weekly column for a publication called Gaming Today. Oh, damn. So, yeah, yeah. Right now, my uh, my assignment is writing on casino promotions and um, and different events and specials that they got going. But I do a lot of legal writing, so. Having this outlet is a uh, is a cool little creative outlet, and I appreciate the platform. Oh, for sure, um, I, man, that'd be cool to talk about that. I'm gonna jump right into it. If you're ready to do this, yeah, let's dip right into the cheese. Come on, my oh, man. Okay, uh, where are you from, and what brought you to Las Vegas? I guess uh, I guess what brought me here was something uh, organic. I'm I'm born and raised here, <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, this is this is home plate. Man, okay, so that's a, I think a few that are born and raised here. Interesting. Yeah, because there's nothing really that not to say it's in a, like a rude way. You guys don't stand out like I thought you would. You know, having being born and raised in Vegas, you would think that those people would be a certain way or like jaded to the city. But it's not. It doesn't seem like that. Yeah, no, no. I'm gonna take. I'm not. I'm not gonna perceive that as rude at all. If anything, you know, it's a compliment. Like this is. Uh, this is a. This is a place just like other places, you know. So I haven't been that many places, but nothing seems to be like Vegas. Like what happens here? Don't you? You just can't do it. You can't do it anywhere else. So 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 growing up, I guess I guess I'll I'll, I'll look at this from the context of like growing up. So. I'm a I'm a 90s baby. So, you know, we're we're part of that last generation that, you know, remembers life before the internet. Oh, yeah, at the same time, we grew up in the internet, right? But I would say, you know, growing up without the internet here, I would say the unique thing about that is, you know, we're introduced to or I was introduced to a lot of adult themes early on in in my childhood. Yeah. And that he- helped shape um just my my perception of life so you know nowadays i think just the youth are exposed to more things through social media 
And, you know, that's a completely different, crazy conversation. But, um, yeah. you know, the, the things that I grew up with are more accessible to, let's say, a, a kid from, you know, the Midwest. So, you know, things are changing for sure. Yeah, man, it's fat. It's faster here. And uh, Vegas is at least as far as I, I knew as an adult, I felt like it was just ahead of the curve as far as what was coming out, what people were listening to, what people were doing, what people were wearing. It was always ahead there. And then when I would leave. I would catch like uh, the stuff, like previous seasons ending. I'm like, Dan, you guys are just now getting around to this music. This is crazy. We've been this. I'm tired of hearing this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree with you on that. I agree 100. percent Um, so the industry, you what did you think about it growing up here? Um, I mean, there there was a misconception. I was just ignorant of what the industry entailed. So, you know, growing up, like I, I had heard of, you know, the club and I had no idea what it was all about. So um, without that information, I just I didn't make an accurate assessment of what I learned it to really be. Mm -hmm. What was your first job in the nightlife industry? Man, okay, so my first job in, in the club industry was at Marquee. Nice. And before... <laughs> Before that, um, I've heard a, I've heard a few podcasts uh, that you've done. Marquee is thick up in here. You know, hey, you know, we're rolling deep, but um, <laughs> you know, I think I heard I think I heard a few guests that started off at the Trump, and uh, oh yeah, I was one of the I was one of those people that uh, you know got got my first experience over at that uh, at that venue. Really? So how? Yeah, look, man, it was. Um, this was back in 2014, uh -huh. so th this was a minute ago. But um, yeah, at the time, like I didn't know much about getting into the industry, um, or just getting into you know food and beverage in general. Mm -hmm. And you know, I seen an ad and I answered the call, and you know, every everything worked out, and I was able to uh, to gain experience. Wow. Um, after that, did you go from there to Mark? Is that what like uh, leapfrogged you into Marquee? You know, um, not not to get political, yeah, you know, I'll be yeah, apolitical, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I got out of there and uh, went to Marquee right after. And from Marquee? From Marquee, I was at Marquee for three years. Nice. I took a break to go uh, produce local news, and then I figured out that wasn't for me, and I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yes. And after that, I went on my, uh, my farewell tour at Dre's. Oh, nice. Did you work yeah. the nightclub or the day club? I worked the day club. Oh, cool. I don't I, I didn't really know much about that. I was just curious about Dre's day club yesterday. Just yesterday. Okay. Nice. Okay, cool. I want to talk about that. Um with the school thing. You went to UNLV? I went to UNLV, graduated from UNLV. Nice. Did that was that was that like during the industry days or before the industry days or both? Man, so um to start to start um in terms of my journalism degree i started off at csi nice. the local uh community college here for those who don't know yeah I, I finished csn while at marquee and then my last two years i transferred to unlv and i worked at uh the news station and at dre's wow how is it working at the news well i mean i'm gonna get into the news station actually i'm gonna talk about that right now uh let's talk about it yeah the news station what how was that like what was what was the experience like Man, I realized uh, that the news business is a business. Mm -hmm. um, and quite frankly, I found out that it wasn't for me. 
uh, like the the tempo of it, the energy of it, the, the stressful or. So okay, so you 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 mentioned some interesting points. It is a super stressful job that um, requires meeting deadlines, mm. and you know you constantly have to be ready for for breaking news. Something can change up your entire show. So you know, aside with that, um, that can breed toxicity in people, yeah. and people can you know be really negative once they're you know held under certain levels of stress. So, I mean, there's that. And I think for me personally, the the telltale sign of me knowing that it was a business and it probably wasn't for me is I remember, I'll never forget this. I, I was sitting in a pitch meeting. Um, before you get your day started, you sit down with all the journalists, you sit down with the producers, the news director, and you pitch ideas and see what it is you're going to cover for the day. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, at the time, there was a review on the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department about a man that they had choked out and he ended up uh, he ended up uh, losing his life in Metro's custody. And just the response to that story, it led to it led to like a community review on information. It led to a grand jury not indicting the officer who um, who placed this chokehold on the man. And I remember pitching like, hey, we, we need to follow this. And, you know, if I remember correctly, I think that story was shot down for like a pet adoption story uh, at a local adoption shelter, a pet adoption shelter. So um, that was just my lesson. Like, hey, this is about this is a game about ratings and not necessarily the things that I believe are right in my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, that uh, that inspired me to to go on my latest uh you know, my latest pursuit, uh, career wise. Wow. Yeah. Um, how did you train? I mean, how did you transition out of it? So since I was, uh, you know, since I, since I was a kid, I always had an aspiration or you could even characterize it as a dream Mm -hmm. to, to be a lawyer. And I felt that, you know, post, that experience, you know, at, at the news station, I felt like I could better affect the change that I want to see within the legal realm. So mm-hmm. after that meeting, you know, after that meeting, I got serious. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to study the LSAT, which is uh, the law school, the law school admissions test. That's what you take to yeah. to you know score yourself, see if you can get in the school. So I took that, and um, you know, I made it a point to myself to graduate. Uh, in the top 5% of my class uh, for undergrad. And, um, you know, ultimately I was able to do that. And yeah, I law school and yeah, man. And now, uh, now I'm about to go into my second year of law school. So um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I appreciate you talking to me and, you know, coming on your platform because if anything, you know, I just hope my story can reach somebody who has a dream or an aspiration. And, you know, I am the definition of, you know, if I can do something, you can do something. If that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, th- there's a certain like work ethic that goes into uh, accomplishing goals, I think. But I feel you on that where it's like, you know, the opportunity is there if you make it for yourself. But does my question, does that, working in the industry, did that help you get there? Because most of the people um, listening to this are either in the industry 
or they know somebody in the industry. As of right now, it's like one person removed. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah, it's a short answer for sure. Like it, it definitely <laughs> helps. Um, to give you more context, the first thing that jumps to my mind is the ability you get or the opportunity you get to work on your people skills is, you know, mm. is it's invaluable. So you think about the typical, the quote unquote typical industry career, you're having thousands of conversations with people from all over the world with their own experiences. And one, not only are you able to learn about those people and their experiences, but I mean, you're able to deal with a wide array of, of people. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that translates into anything that you want to do, you know, business wise, career wise, um, you know, whatever. That's a good way of putting it. I haven't heard someone um, really talk about the uh, communication that we have with new guests, the turnover of people that you see every uh, day, every hour, every shift. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, it's, I mean, it's it's an opportunity, and I, I'm I'm sorry for cutting no, you no, off, no. but like you know, it's an opportunity just to uh, just to expand your your perspective and ultimately your lifestyle. You know? Yeah, yeah. Meeting people from everywhere. I mean, it can it, it allowed me at least to pick and choose. You know, hey, I would that's a place I would like to go visit, or I've met yeah. enough people from here that that sounds like that would be cool, or you get used to seeing certain people from certain areas and then um, it spills over into the rest of your life for sure. Man, if I could just add one thing, I think you, you raised something interesting. So last year I had like one of the best times of my life when I got to leave um, the, when I got to leave North America for the first time in my life, I went to Spain. Ooh. And so I'm debating throughout that through, throughout all of last summer, I'm debating, you know, am I going to go to, Madrid or am I going to go to Barcelona and I would ask people that you know that either traveled there or that were from there you know what would you prefer and why and ultimately you know based off of those accounts I chose Barcelona and I think I made the right choice (laughs) so I think I made a fantastic choice see but it's not every day you can just uh wander within like 50 yards of where you're standing and meet somebody who's from probably both places (laughs) <laughs> or they've right. been there. Right. That's cool. Um, running with that, do you have a favorite guest or like a favorite artist that you'd like to hear at the pool? Man, a favorite guest or a favorite artist. I'll tell you about um I I I I'll share these details. It's your show, bro. I'm gonna keep it real with you. <laughs> I'll share these details. I don't think the man would mind because it's a positive story. There we go. But the best guest interaction I had was with a guy I didn't even recognize at first. Like, he looks familiar, but I didn't know who this was. You know, I'm worried about, you know, doing a good job. And I guess, like, my observation skills weren't necessarily up to par at that moment. But I had a chance to meet Cliff Kingsbury, uh, and he's the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, nice. At the time, at the time, and, you know, at, at the time, I believe he was, uh, he was coaching, he was the head coach for Texas Tech. Uh, university down in uh, Lubbock, Texas. Uh-huh. So I remember this guy, he was, he was hella cool. We were chopping it up. Um, I remember it was like the week after I got back from Coachella. So <laughs> man, I was just, you know, loving everything. And, you know, it was a really good vibe. 
but he wanted to transfer to another cabana. He wanted to transfer to uh, a table that was closer to the stage. So, you know, it, it, it was it was all good. I totally understood. Um, I was working with him for about a couple of hours and he uh, he closed out and he started a new tab and he showed me love uh, when he closed out, which is something I appreciated. But, um, you know, I just I, I, I went about my day, um, you know, like, you know, whatever. And then I went to a service well and I'm talking to another busser and he's like, hey, you know, that's uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Right. And I'm like. You're absolutely right. That's who that was. That's Cliff Kingsbury. So um, I remember at the time I was coaching football that summer. I believe it was 2016. And I went back up to Cliff. I'm like, yo, I didn't even recognize you, Cliff. Uh, And we just started talking about football. And the cool thing about Cliff was, and if you don't know Cliff Kingsbury, he's, he's not a bad looking dude. Like he has no trouble with the ladies whatsoever. And I remember like going up and talking to him um after after the fact and he was talking to about like three ladies and he just like he stops he gives me his full attention for like 10 15 minutes man and not only was that a not only was that a boss move for him just to you know just to defer casually uh-huh. to have a conversation with me but um you know it was uh it, it, I, I think that showed a side of him that let me know that certain people that reach a quote unquote celebrity status, no matter what status they reach, you know, there's still people at the end of the day. And so for him to show me that love was, uh, was cool. We talked about football and what I could do to be a better coach for like 10 to 15 minutes. So that was dope. Wow. But to, uh, to make the story come full circle, cause this is a really long winded answer. <laughs> that's, um, that's what this what is I, about. Man. What I really appreciate is the fact that when the club closed down, and he had transfer tables. I wasn't even his busser. He went out of his way to come find me. And I forget the exact amount that he gave me, but let's say it was close to like a rack. And, you know, he, he went out of his way to find me and just to give me that. And man, I thought that was, uh, man, I thought that was just, uh, it, it, it just, it, 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 was, it humbled me. <laughs> it, no, I, I think, you know, it, right. It's absolutely dope. But I think, you know, it wasn't only humbling, but it's one of those stories that just makes me express gratitude when I think back about what that job was. Oh, so I like that. So, I mean, that's crazy. And to answer uh, the second part to your question, in terms of a favorite artist, um, you know, when DJ Mustard came through, you know, it was always going to be a good time. Always going to be a good time. And I think um, one of my favorite marquee sets, uh, Duke Dumont came through one time. And he oh, just, yeah. I mean, yo, he, he lit it up. So I that, that stands out to me. Nice. Um, Cliff Kingberry is one of the youngest coaches in the NFL, isn't he? Um, uh, Sean McVay, I believe, um, over in Los Angeles, the Rams. So, yeah, I think he's like the second youngest. Yeah, well, I, I think I like Arizona this year or whatever year we end up playing football again. Man, man, that's a that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long have you been in the industry total? So I I believe five years. Five so years. Okay. I spent about you know half of uh, half of my twenties doing it. Now, okay, cool. Because I wanted to preface that my this upcoming question: um, Who comes to Vegas more, athletes or musicians and actors? You know, I think it's going to be relative to what you follow in your personal life, meaning oh, really? I'm a sport, you know, I'm a sports fan. So I'm going to tend to recognize athletes more. 
Um, are there a ton of musicians and actors that have came through that I didn't recognize? Sure, that could be the case. But um, if you recognize, if you follow music more, you're probably going to, you know, potentially notice more musicians than you are athletes. So yeah, I think it's relative to what, you know, you're following in your personal life. But I, I would say with the summer league, you know, oh, being, yeah. being heavily involved in Vegas, you're going to run into Hoopers. Um, off season in the NFL, you're going to run into people playing football that want to spend money since you don't know what they look like, you know, behind a face mask. Exactly. Um, so yeah, you know, I noticed, I noticed a lot of athletes and at the end of the day, uh, the athletes that I worked with, you know, again, what I alluded to earlier, you know, they're people. And, um, if, if I could make one suggestion for somebody looking to work in the role or, you know, get involved in the industry, um, you know, don't let don't let celebrity phase you. Um, you know, they're they're gonna have a, a much fonder appreciation for you if you just treat them as the regular person that they are. Yeah. They're there to like unwind and not really have to perform for everyone. Like mm-hmm. to be that to be the celebrity status. I mean, some people there they they enjoy the fame part, but most of the the, the celebrity the celebrities that I've met while working there, just the more normal I try to keep it, the better it seems to go. <laughs> oh, for sure. 10 out of 10. Right. Rather than like, oh, excuse me, Mr. Such and such, DiCaprio, Mr. Kate Cuddy. Um, May, hey, hey, that, okay, now you're naming the big time people. That's you, dog. Like, I, I didn't necessarily <laughs> that, mess with like the big times like that, but that was back in the yeah, day, you. man. And, and I was just throwing out names that, um, the, the biggest two names I could think of. But I mean, I, like, I, when you do, when you have to take care of some of the owners or some of the places, I remember seeing people, I mean, Justin Bieber and all of his people I probably should know that don't, that I don't, I couldn't recognize. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, I remember Bieber coming through. And um, I think if I'm not mistaken, man, I, I don't know if you were if you were working with him or what. I think I was just helping somebody. But um, I was definitely I up in there. Trying... OK. All right. So, yeah, you're the homie. Like, I'm definitely helping you out. And, you know, I think uh, I think it was like a bucket full of Red Bulls, just something that seems redundant at the time to, <laughs> right. to be dropped off. <laughs> but we had to drop it off. Right. And I remember going in there. I can't move. There's no Man. space anywhere to put this. Like, I don't know where this is supposed to go. Um, I, it, it, it worked out, though. It did work out. I remember that. Okay, so that leads me to my next question. You've, been, you've worked uh, several venues, worked with a, ha- a handful of them, both day clubs. What's a good waitress to you? Man, I think, I think that, is a, that is a broad question. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. I'm definitely um, fishing you know, here. So listen, to be to be a little more poignant, I'll tell you what I think makes a good waitress for the day if we're working together. Um, yeah. If we're working together, I want you to trust in me. I can help you. And I want you to know that I do this and like I can get numbers too. So, hey. you know, with that being with that being the case, I will admit that there may there may be a number of bussers in that demographic that don't have um that that may have like a ceiling on their uh on their intellectual capability we'll put it that way <laughs> or and that's, that's people cool. skills you know and people skills as well like you know it can be a venn diagram mm-hmm. both of those can overlap <laughs> so 
you know, if that's the case, you know, that's, that's not going to be which that you're not going to find that in me, at least, you know, and, you know, at least, you know, I, I'm doing my best to be a professional and to be sharp. So you don't necessarily have to tell me how to do my job, but I will say this as a professional, I think it helps if a busser communicates and asks the server what her preferences are. So mm. when I do that and I can figure that out and I can learn about you as well, because communication is a two way street, I'm going to put myself in a better position to help you out um, when it's three, four p.m., you know, and when it's thousands of people in here, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll be, you know, hopefully we'll be on the same page and, you know, we're going to finish off the day successfully because we communicated efficiently. Like that. That was a safe answer. But I dig it. Oh no no no. Okay okay. Safe answer. Oh, no 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 no. Like uh, that's nah, a, that's a good answer. I wasn't knocking the answer. That's that's the truth. Like communication nah. is key with your waitress. And man, no. Nah, oh my bad. Hey, if you got something for me, I'm ready. Man, I want to go. I mean, I wish I could give you something like a little more juicier in detail. But <laughs> I think it. I think it's. I think it's a basic, you know, concept. Like if you communicate, you're going to. Uh, rectify so many problems that you can run into potentially. So it's, it's a communication game. How many times has one of them forgot your name? That was assigned to oh, you. Too many, too many to count. Too many to count. But you know, when that's the case, you just got to boss up and you talk to the host of the table. You talk to the table. You talk to the group. And I, I don't know. Like, there's different ways you can approach it. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to throw the server under the bus. Nah, make but, it a joke. You know, you can make it a joke. That's my middle name. Not gonna throw, <laughs> not gonna throw them under the bus. But I am gonna let the rest of the table know what my name is, and you know, we're gonna have a great day. And don't worry about that. And it's all good. It's it's not that big. It doesn't have to be that big of a deal if you if you're not gonna perceive it as a big deal. You just keep moving. You're not gonna let that stop you. At least I'm not. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I mean, it does. It's it makes it fun. And then when I go there, I, I wait and I, I wait to see how long, if it happens again, or that most of the time they remember, oh, I just called you uh, Aaron or Adam or something to that table, didn't I? I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I already, we're all good. <laughs> we're all good. <laughs> it's all good. Let's keep moving. Uh, what, what are the obstacles of busing tables at a day club? I was going to say, how do we get shit on? But obstacles is a better word. Nah, hey man, if you if you want to characterize it is as that, you know, by all means, because that's how that's how it could feel sometime. Um, I'll tell you this. One one of the tough parts about the job is having to remember uh four tables worth of requests or items <laughs> that you need to bring back. And while you're doing this, you're not able to find your server because she's off drinking champagne <laughs> or trying to sell a bottle. It's like, yo, where, where's my server at? It's 2 p.m. And, you know, at the same time, you're helping another server out because, you know, her buster might be MIA or he might be doing something else. And all while a manager is asking you to do a prezzo. And it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, this is, this is stressful, man. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. You got to be multifaceted. You got to be able to prioritize things compartmentalize things and and make snapshot decisions yeah they don't put that that's not on the res the uh the application no like All it's, it says it's can you carry some... 50 pounds over your head yes 
Uh, none of those girls weigh 50 pounds. Man, no, I mean, listen, I, I know they put in work at the gym and they got to understand, you know, they're building all that muscle mass, you know, it's, it's extra weight on the shoulders, man. So it's not, it's not, a, it's not an easy job by any stretch, but I think, um, I think it is easy to highlight maybe some of the, maybe negative might be the wrong term, but, you know, it's easy to highlight some of the, some of the impediments and some of the some of the issues that the job presents, but at the end of the day, I still believe that it doesn't outweigh all the positives that, that the job brings. Oh my gosh. Personally. Not even close. No. The job is dope. It's the, it's, I mean, for your twenties, the amount of people that you get to meet and the amount of like micro communications and scenarios that you could be in that could kind of shape your future. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy and it's you know i um i think one of the one of one of the dope things that i'm appreciative of is at the end of every pre-shift or you know after we're done setting up the venue for you know a pre-shift before the venue opens up i would take like two to three minutes and just look at the strip um you know, people are like eating family meal or whatever at that time, you know, I, I would just take a few moments just to not necessarily meditate, but just to be present in the moment and, and look at the strip and look at the view and just realize that, you know, there's a ton of people that that wanted this job. I was fortunate enough to be in a role where I can, you know, work at this job. And um, yeah, man, just just appreciate the moment and, and what the day was about to bring. So that was um that was always a good little I mean I'm glad that I did that as much as I did. Well, I never got I mean I would do that on occasion but tuh, not enough clearly. I I don't mean to harp on like the the part of the job where people say or or the bad parts of the job but I know that when um people listen from other countries or other states they're like what is a porter? What's it what's a porter? What's a busser? What's a presentation? And all these things I'm like they're like, you have the greatest job on the planet. I'm like, yeah, it's great. You just, it's not for everybody per se. It's, it's not, it's not. And I think, um, you know, I think the awareness that you're raising is, is critical because there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that a guest might not necessarily be privy to. And in terms of, in terms of issues, just to, just to raise awareness, I think it's important just to uh, just to note. Well, earlier we were talking about relationships and, um, you know, just just talking like with your guests at the table. Um, you know, it's important just to build like respect, just to build like rapport that's uh, premised on respect because, you know, you're dealing with at least as a busser. I can't speak for other positions, but you're dealing with guests that at certain times could, you know, they might be disrespectful or you're dealing with people who are angry or, um, you know, and, you know, alcohol is involved too. So, you know, that's definitely something that has to be factored in and, you know, communication can, can lapse in, in those scenarios. And yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's a difficult part of the job um, when you're trying to maintain, you know, when you're trying to maintain your, your status as a professional. So, you know, you're, there's definitely lessons when it comes to that as well. 
And I mean, yeah, I would definitely say that's a difficult part. And, you know, it's just ingrained <laughs> so much in, in yeah. the hospitality culture to shrug those things off when in reality you're a human yeah. being. Too. And it's not normal. And, you know, people might, it, it's, yeah, it's not normal to talk to people in a, in, in certain tones or fat in our fat in a fashioned way, you know? So that, you know, it, it's a difficulty and it's something that, that people face, but depending on what your personal skill sets are, I mean, some people are going to be, you know, naturally in a position to deal with that in, in a more positive yeah, way than yeah. others. Um, quite, yeah, you know, I, I would say I'm fortunate to, to have established, you know, certain boundaries when I was working to, to, uh, help foster a more like respectful, um, oh yeah. Environment. We'll, we'll call it. I can feel that like, um, you know, it's up to you to not let it get out of hand, which is they don't, that's not in the buster description, (laughs) but when it gets crazy, a lot of the. Uh, the guests or the main guest will look to you for answers instead of the waitress because they they are they've got a whole different relationship. But um, doing that kind of you know the the winter turns into the off season where to me I recharge and then I can come back like okay I'm ready to go for the next summer I can I've, I've hibernated um, but I don't really. I don't, I don't do too much. What does the, the off season look like for you? Man, it, it looked like a lot of free time. <laughs> That's what it looked like. And so I was very, uh, I was very appreciative of, uh, of having that free time, man, because the older you get, um, you just develop a more, you develop a more sophisticated perception of mm-hmm. time and you value it more. So, you know, I was able to spend a lot of time just focusing on my body. Like, you know, I try to be a gym rat. So, you know, just take having the extra time just to sit in the sauna and just to, man, it's the best, right? So, you know, doing that. And if I wanted to work out twice a day on certain days, you know, I had the ability to do that. I had time to focus on school and, you know, pay more attention to detail. Um, I remember during during quite a few of my off seasons, um, I would make music. I would hop on like a Native Instruments machine and just uh, work on the right side of my brain, work on work on my creativity. And uh, and I, don't, I sadly I don't do that as yeah, much anymore. Either, and I'm not I'm not. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm as cool of a guy without working on the right side of my brain the way that I once did. But you know, I I try to manage. Hibernating. And uh, and yeah, man, I would. Hey, you know it's uh it's laying dormant <laughs> right now, but it's gonna wake up one day. But yeah, man. So just ha- just having that time, and you know, obviously, that was a period of my life where I had more time to kick it with uh with my homies and help develop those relationships as well. So it's something um, you know, I I felt like I was able to use my time in a productive way by nice. doing those things. Um, it's definitely nice seeing people in the off season. You know, like, I feel like you, it's, it's always, instead of the, hey, where are you at? How's work? Where, you know, you can talk about family or where you're going and all the stuff that makes us people <laughs> instead of what pays us. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and just one thing that pops up to mind, working at, uh, working at both of the venues, both of the club venues that I worked at, I worked with some amazing people outside of the job. Right. And what I mean by that is, yeah, like we're, we're showing up, 
there's the mission of getting money and providing for our lifestyle, for our families, what have you. But, you know, outside of work, these were some really cool people. And, uh, you know, as you alluded to, you know, just figuring out how they're spending their time obviously shows what's important to them. And yeah, you, you, it, it was a good opportunity to learn more about uh, your colleagues at work. Well said, man. When did you decide on the career path that you're on now, like from the industry to, you know, are you still are you still thinking of working in it? Or are you completely done now that you're you know, into law school? Um, in terms of in terms of the industry, in terms of uh, me deciding to get on my career path again, you know, oh, that okay. pitch meeting okay. was really, uh, you know, that that was really the lesson for me to get on my shit. Um, you know, so could could I work in the industry again? I certainly think back about, you know, all the fun moments and, you know, being able to to meet different people and have opportunities mm-hmm. to do cool things. Um, but another thing that I had to take in consideration is, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Correct. That job is a physically taxing job. And you know, there, the, it, for me, it had a short shelf life. And if, and you know me, so you know that I love to make sports <laughs> analogies and sports metaphors when it comes to the job. Listen, when you're a busser, it's like being an <laughs> NFL running back, an average NFL running back. You're going to have like three, four years. You feel me? You're going to have like three, four years to ball out and get your number. Ain't no second contract. And, you know, the, Nah, you know, you ain't, listen, you might get that extension somewhere, but you ain't going to get re-signed typically. I mean, unless you're like a GOAT, like, you know, AP, and you can work 10 years, you know, there's only very, there's very few GOATs in the game as a running back that can sustain a career for that long. So, you know, that's something I had to be cognizant of. That's a good analogy. They'll just run your ass straight into the ground. A thousand carries a season. Man, okay, and and let's uh let's connect let's connect the thousand carries to the job itself. So you're dealing with high levels of stress from let's say 12 p.m. to yeah. 5 p.m. You're completely stressed out. You're working in a hundred plus degree heat, which is typically you know going to be a little yeah, bit hotter on a menu's floor. So you're talking yeah. we're talking one teens, right? Um, you're doing that. Uh, some busters aren't eating, you know, they're, <laughs> or they're drinking, not, uh, <laughs> they're not giving the, or drinking water. They're not, they're not giving their body the proper nutrients. They're not even going to Man. the bathroom, you know, like these, these are not healthy uh, habits that uh, many busters bring into the job, you know, as they're working. So yeah, it, it ages you those thousand carries <laughs> a season. It's not a job you. we can do forever. Nah, at least not. I me. mean, be, I guess you could. I've seen people well into their forties busting tables, and I mean, I guess it's no different than bartending. You could bartend for as long as you'd like. Listen, and I, I think there's a. I if if you're busting into your forties, I see nothing wrong with that. As long as you're doing like a nine to five, like I, I personally see the dignity in that, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing. Um, but man, I can only imagine what I'm gonna feel like cool. at forty. <laughs> well, my knees feel like now. I can only imagine what uh, what yeah, forty's gonna look like. Yeah, I can imagine if I put more like ten more years out on the deck. Oof. It's 
it is it's something it's something to consider it's something to consider so if you have a transition backup plan however you want to characterize it um you know more you know more right. respect to you um what's the craziest thing someone offered you in the job craziest thing somebody's offered me on the job okay i'm gonna give you i there's two things that pop up Drug, sex, i'm money. gonna give you i'm gonna give you the rated r and i'm gonna give you the the pg i'll start with the pg um, crazy <laughs> just playing man gotta say gotta make gotta, it no nah, yeah, we, cool. we saving the best for last we saving the best for last um for those who have never visited marquee there's something called the bungalow suites and the bungalow suites it's it's a crazy story they're a part of the polo club towers if i'm not mistaken and in terms of like the history of the cosmopolitan and the polo club I believe the Polo Towers didn't, they, they owned that land, they owned the, or they owned the building, excuse me, and they didn't want to demolish it. There, there was like a dispute with the Cosmopolitan, so the Cosmo built their facility around the Polo Towers, if I'm not mistaken. So a part of uh, those towers, I believe, um, housed the bungalow suites, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I'm definitely going to have to uh, do my research mm -hmm. on this. Anyway, very exclusive, very cool. One day I had a, a tough day um, on the bridge Ooh. and you, you know what I mean by the bridge. Um, just a tough day, didn't, didn't make much money. Um, and out of nowhere, it's like five o'clock, we're starting to kind of wrap up and you know start shifting into closing. Um, a young lady runs out of the bungalow suites and she's, you know, she's like, just kind of panicked. She's like, yo, give me a piece of paper and give me a pin and I'll give you a hundred dollars. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> stop playing. You're a fool, but I'll get you a pin and some paper and yeah. like whatever. And I come back and she gives me a hundred dollars for that. And I was like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> that turned my whole day around. It was just, a, it, it was a bill, but I'm like, man, that's crazy. You really, and I think she just wanted like a dude's number or something. Wow. So you could have wrote it on the $100 like, bill man. and kept it. <laughs> no her. um man they, no that's like the simplest logic but i had never thought about that man like you're absolutely right she could have done that um she decided she wanted a clean napkin which you know i got her pockets and, full uh, yeah man she uh <laughs> she hooked me up she definitely hooked me up and that was that was crazy i still can't believe somebody would and do it wasn't that. even your but, um that's that no, I was. I, I don't. Hey, she's into some other dude. Good for her. You're trying to give me money to, to you know, do what you want to do. I'll help you. Let me help you. So hey. that's what that turned into. And okay, so the second story. Let me give you. Okay. Let me give you a little context in the legal world. Um, the term express. If you use the term express, that's often associated with verbally saying something, right? So if you, you can establish an express warranty, which is nothing more than, hey, if you're, if you're a consumer, if you're the purchaser, you talk to the seller and it's like, hey, if this doesn't work, can I bring this back and exchange it? And if the seller says, yes, you've created an express mm -hmm. warranty right there, right? So with that being the case, there's certain things that are expressed and there's certain things that are implied. Implied means you don't say something and but you can imply that there's something associated with the thing you didn't you know say so there's mm -hmm. implied warranties like cars have implied warranties to certain extents 
Anywho, let me tell you the story. So for those who don't know at a day club, typically Mondays through Thursdays are going to be your slower days at a venue. And to my knowledge, there's a good number of venues that are open Monday through Sunday. They're open the entire week. Um, Marquis, one of those venues that are open during the weekdays when it's generally slower. And on a weekday, you're probably going to have no more than four busters total working. So one day I was working, um, I, it, it was a Wednesday. It was the middle of the week. It's a slow day. And I'm, I have the, uh, I have the bungalows that particular day. And I remember bungalow 11, there were two couples and at first, like, you know, they were chilling. It was a really good vibe. It was cool. They too were staying in the bungalow suites by coincidence. And, um, you know, I got to learn more about them as the day progressed. So I remember I, I, I had a closing shift that day. So I got in like at one o'clock. Um, I remember the busser, the opening busser, he was about to be relieved for uh, his duty for the day. And he's just introducing me. You know, I'm taking a look at the setup on the table, just trying to get acquainted with what's going on. And I remember they had a full bottle of vodka that they barely even touched. And they had a shaker of tequila. And this is, mind mm. you, like around one o'clock. So, you know, we're just chilling, we're vibing. And around two o'clock, they finish that shaker of tequila without touching the vodka. And they're like, okay, we want to do another shaker. Boom, boom, bring the shaker. Cool. Then by three o'clock, I'm starting to learn more about like these two couples and they start getting comfortable and they're talking to each other. And um, I don't know if, people have brought this up on on past episodes but monday through thursday women are allowed to yeah. be at the pool so yeah you know what i mean so you know they're 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 running through some more of this tequila and i would say this couple you know in the in the interest of anonymity will say that they were in their 40s we, mm -hmm. we won't mention any names but they're in their 40s and yeah you have like a 40 year old you know pair just you know sitting out and just getting really comfortable with me and i'm like all right you know whatever like i've seen i have not, before, not a big deal <laughs> oh hey i mean even listen as a professional i will say even though you haven't seen it before Very, yeah. you're gonna act like you've seen it before just because you're gonna be a pro training. you're gonna be a pro so okay like whatever like chilling i'm still gonna do my job and they finish that shaker and then they start going after the vodka and it's like, man, now they're really starting to get comfortable and it's time to, it's time to wrap up. Right. So towards the end of the day, we're getting like in the five o'clock hour approaching the six o'clock hour. Mm -hmm. Right. They close out and the dude, and, and I, I figure out like they're, they're swingers. Right. So the, the guy, he asks me, uh, one of the men from the two couples asks me like, hey, we're staying in the bungalow suite. If you want to come over and have fun, you're more than welcome. And listen, Ed, I don't know if that was necessarily an express offer that wouldn't constitute as like an express offer. But I think, um, I don't know, bro. I think the implication that you can make is that, you know, they were trying to get me to to join in on like this, this swinger session yes. they had going and listen bro i don't know i'll ask you i don't know if it's implied but the vibe that i got from that entire day and you know me i'm gonna like 
I'm one who's going to engage yeah. with the guests and talk. Um, listen, bro, I think I think that was uh, I think that was my shot to to be in like some swinger you missed thing. It. And here, well, here's what happened because I didn't say whether I did or I didn't <laughs> uh, join them. But what I will say is, you know, as we alluded to, it's very hot. It's in the one teens. That day was a hot day. And um, just my personal morals, bro, like your draws are your draws are going to get sweaty when it's that hot. There's no other way around it. And <laughs> once my clothes come off from the venue, they are off for the rest of the day. There's no reapplying of dirty clothes after you get done working at Marquee. You got to shower everything off you and put new clothes on. And my morals told me that, look, bro. You're not putting the same. You're not putting the same draws on once they come off. So <laughs> it was. It was like that was save that. You. Is that my? Listen, bro. It, it, listen. If I had clean clothes, could it have been a different story? He's like, who knows? Is this going to be my only opportunity to to have this experience? Who knows? Maybe I missed it. But that day, from then I on, know, I brought a backpack full of clothes. <laughs> was, oh man! Oh man! It was yeah, too hot. Nah, that, I mean. Uh, I've been asked that one time, but I didn't, I just, there's no, I never ever considered it like um, neat unless you guys are going to pay me the most disgusting amount of money ever. In which case I want it right now before we even go over there (laughs) and then I'm bailing. Yeah. (laughs) And and listen, I, look, I, I share this story as, you know, like personally for me that that was crazy but for some some of our colleagues man they've been offered so much more and it's it's insane what people are willing to do and what people are trying to do uh when they come out to vegas yeah every guest i'm like whoa that is (laughs) and i I go through the rolodex of crazy things that i've either seen or heard i'm like what nice um moving into your new uh profession journalism broadcasting or broadcast journalism um is there any is there any way to like cross paths with the industry or or maybe use connections from the industry to um help you now well in terms of so in terms of broadcast i got the voice man i i don't think i'm gonna everybody's gonna tell me (sighs) that guy's voice and i'm gonna hear it and i'm gonna be texting you in like two weeks like hey man a lot of people tell me about you. You got the voice for this. Hey, listen, if you got a, if you're listening and you got a production <laughs> company and you need somebody to do voiceovers, holler at me. You got a demo got tape. You. Like, say less. Say less. I, I, I don't have a demo. I'm not passing. You need a demo. You, you need a demo but, tape. Um, a voiceover demo tape. You know what? That that is something I definitely want to consider. But um, you know, I don't think I'm going to necessarily go down the journalism mm-hmm. route anymore. Um, I'm really. I'm really intrigued by what uh, what my legal education to this oh, point yeah. has taught me, and so I think uh, I think one of one of the interesting things that I thought about, you know, before before we had our conversation today, was just some of the uh, some of the liability issues that you know a club venue faces. Um, I think amongst the consensus of the colleagues that we worked with at Marquee, I, I think we didn't have a complete understanding of the decisions that went into running that venue. And so when you, when you're not aware of all the information that it takes to make a decision, 
I think it's very easy for those who are unaware of the information to make implications about, you know, whether it's management or what the company's doing. It's easy to make an implication when you don't have that information. Um, and quite frankly, I think a lot of the decisions they, they make are cleared through legal channels. And so if, if I'm not mistaken, I think Tau Group has, uh, I think they have a general counsel's mm -hmm. office. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, whatever they deal with, whether it is, you know, risk liability or the contracts with artists, you know, those are, those are things that, that seem interesting. And, you know, I would definitely love to see if, um, or I definitely love to see, you know, what goes into that line of work based off of, you know, some of the, the finished products that I've seen as an employee working on another side of the venue's operation. Damn. That sounds like you got this shit figured out. I mean, in one thing, one thing I will say, um, just as, just as advice for anybody listening, you know, whether it is me who's thinking, you know, through a, who's looking through a legal lens or whatever it is you may be interested in, try, try your best to maintain good relationships with the people that you work with, whether it's, you know, um, whether it's your equals or quote unquote superiors, your managers, um, you know, talk to them and, you know, get their perspective on certain things. And, you know, when you do look for, you know, whatever, when you do follow your passion, whatever that is, you know, maybe there's somebody you met at work who, who, you know, may know, who, who might know somebody else potentially, because, you know, the six degrees of separation is certainly a real concept. It's like and three I feel degrees. Like in Las Vegas, that's six, it's, it's two to three <laughs> right. degrees of separation. And you're gonna know you're gonna know somebody. So yeah, I think I think that's a, I think that's worth keeping in mind. That's a good answer. Um, I wanted to ask you, having been born and raised in the city, um, is it? I mean, not that you would know what it's like dating being from another city, but what's different about dating there? Listen, bro, I, I want to. Uh, I definitely want to answer this, but I do. I, I want to say something before Ooh. I forget, bro. Like, I, I don't mean do to hijack your show. Um, man, I'm just reflecting on, like, so many good times right now. Um, one thing I don't believe I've heard another guest talk about in terms of, like, a, a story about making money or, like, a crazy weekend. Listen, I think the most, if you want to use the term lit, I think the most lit weekend I've ever seen in quite frankly, many others in the industry have seen. And you let me know what you think on this, but the Mayweather oh, Pacquiao fight in 2015, I don't think we've, I think I, I want to say it was 2015. I don't think we've ever, I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen the city that turned You're up. right. And I don't, listen, I don't think I've ever seen that many people. The money that I saw thrown around that day blows my mind. And like I, it's 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 fifty thousand dollars cabana minimum. I made, look, I made the most money. I, I remember Saturday. I worked the day shift and the night shift, and this was my first my first club job right at Marquee, and I remember Saturday like the daytime it was cracking, and then at night I was working inside the nightclub, yeah. that and how this happens I don't know. Um, 
I, I I don't I don't know how this happens, but I'm working like the section right next to the stage, which is quite frankly like a VIP section. And I I'm I, I want to apologize to whoever the server was because I had no idea what I was doing. It's hard to do that club at that time. Um, this was like my second <laughs> month on the job, and man, I I was lagging. So whoever that was, a hey, big big thanks to you, big thanks. Um. But yeah, no, that was crazy. And another thing I remember from 2015 that made it so special was um, being a music fan. And and music um, opinions are going to be subjective. And what you think could quite possibly, you could be right and somebody, you could think somebody's the best rapper and somebody else could think somebody else different is the best rapper. Mm -hmm. And you can both be right, right? It's subjective. As a music fan, um, I appreciate the the art that Drake puts out, but listen, I don't think he's ever put out an album that had the club bangers like "If You're Reading This, mm-hmm. It's Too Late" hat. And man, I felt like that just set that that was like the soundtrack of that summer, um, from what I remember. Oof. And yeah, man, I don't know. I that, served Drake that man, summer. Just so many at Marquee with man, Whitney. Man, oh man, you got to give me, you got to give me some detail. I know, I know this is, I know this is your show, but you got to give um, me one detail, man. You got to give let's me one. Say, let's see, we were. Uh, I mean, I, I just remember hearing about it and thinking, like, nah, they always say something like this, but and it was, it was either right before New Year's or right after. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we had the dome up, and okay, uh, it was sure enough just Drake and somebody else and Whitney came up and introduced. I was like, dang, man, this is crazy. It's about to go down today. He was, I mean, he was nice. Just regular, said what's up, shook his hand, and then, you know, tried to treat it as normal as possible. And then uh, the rest of the day, I remember by the end of the day, I couldn't get back in there. I just didn't even try. I just stopped. I gave up. Because I was seeing stuff that doesn't even come from the club, like hookahs and like food from different areas and every girl there was in these two cabanas and i just was like bro they like they they got security guards yanking people's phone out their hands and stuff like i see i saw a girl get snatched up i was like what they got the security guards with all black like dressed in all black and there's a dome or whatever and and these dudes got on black sweatshirts black like the cargo pants the boots and you are, they are not playing. It was like they would try to help me through there. I could feel them almost like lift me up and into the cabana. And I was like, okay, well, this is probably my last time in here, guys. Um, I, I don't know what to do anymore. So I remember looking at that. It was like cabana 14. And I was looking at it yeah. from cabana 5. <laughs> from across, the furthest place from across. And I was like. Yo, I can't even, I'm not, I can't even go back in there. I'm done. I just remember every chick, like, didn't believe it that he was in there. So it was a constant, like a, an escalator to find out if it was real and then bounce. So I just, I don't even, I feel bad. I don't even know what Whitney did for the rest of the day. I just gave up. Hey man, it's not an unreasonable decision that you made necessarily. (laughs) I had to keep my sanity. I was like, yo, I, I can't get in a fight to get into a cabana that can't even, I don't even know what's going on in here. If I get into a fight, all I know is those security guards are going to come beat me up. <laughs> so, nah. 
Listen, yeah, yeah. My hey, safety comes first. Good choice, good choice. Hey, man, that's dope. That, hey, man, that hey, dope story, man. I, I, I forgot that, that story. You that. And man, 2015, 2015 was a time. If you're for reading sure. this, it's too late. Man, yeah. So that that was definitely the soundtrack. But to get back, uh, get, to get back to your original point, man. I'm sorry for uh, taking no, this off course. But listen, in terms of uh, in terms of dating, I would say um, the most important like uh, principle principled aspect to me is the fact that you know a solid foundation for any relationship, whether it be business or something in your personal life. Um, any solid any solid foundation can be built built on the notion of respect. So when two people respect each other, they can get a lot done together. So with that being said, uh, something I've heard other guests talk about is just the, the fact that we have opportunities to interact with so many Ooh. beautiful people. Everybody fine. And, you know, it, 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 right, you know, and if it's not going to be at the job, you're going to have an opportunity to go out every week where you can meet more different people who, you know, who look great as well. So with that, there can, you know, certainly be some temptation and sure, there's always going to be a fraction of people who might get jaded by that all the time. But, you know, typically I think it's human nature to be engaged uh, or at least intrigued uh, to attractive people. Right. So with that, with that being the case for some, um, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship, man, just under just respect that other person and if you want to be with somebody else in your relationship um you know i think it can do two people right if you just respectfully communicate what's going on and at the end of the day you could save yourself from uh potential headaches in the future if that makes sense oh yeah um so i mean I, i think there's that aspect i think in terms of In terms of what it's like, you know, for a woman, um, the last thing I'm going to do is try to mansplain (laughs) what it is for, uh, you know, what, what, what an experience is like for a woman. Now, while it can, while it can, you know, reasonably be perceived that women have opportunities to do, um, certain things in life that might be easier for them to do than it is for a man, potentially, um, at the same time, man, it, I, I can imagine how tough it is, you know, for a woman, especially working at the club when I see a ton of creepy dudes and it's like, man, you know, I, I would not want to <laughs> deal with that. So I think I, I, I do want to take that in consideration and say that I can only speak from like a man's uh-huh. perspective. But yeah, man, I mean, personally, like if I'm, you know, if I'm going to go to the club like every week, if that's what I choose to do. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to meet people and who's to say that I'm not going to meet somebody super cool who's from like DC or you, you name the city and, you know, not build something positive with them for that short time being. And so because of that, I think that uh, what we talked about earlier in the conversation about Vegas being a unique place, I think, man, it's, it's, it's that's such a unique opportunity. So if you're going to put yourself in those positions, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a wise thing to consider, um, to consider the, the well-being of somebody else that you're in a relationship with. And, you know, if, if you're better off being single, you should probably just do mm-hmm. that. Um, 
Yeah, I I don't know, man. It, it can be it can be extremely complex. I would say the position that I'm in and that a lot of people in our age range are in is they're in a, a time in their lives where you know they're they're pursuing a career and that takes up a lot of time. So another thing that you got to consider, or another thing that I try to consider is, you know, if I were to get in a relationship right now, I'm not going to be able to give that person the time that. I feel they might deserve from me because I'm so busy, you know, trying to, trying to work mm-hmm. on myself right now. So, you know, that, that's another thing, you know, I, I don't want to be selfish and waste somebody's time. And again, just to make this answer, this long winded answer come full circle. It's, it's just based on respect, man. If you can respect somebody, um, I feel like your opportunities are, are, are plentiful for sure. Ooh, I like that. Hey, bro, we've been, we've, been, we've been talking for a moment, man. I appreciate you uh, appreciate you making time. Man, of course. This is, this is, I appreciate you making time. This is what I'm doing. This is what it's about. So, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. I know, you know, between law school, work, this fucking pandemic, writing your own column, you got to be busy because we've been scheduling for, for a while. But it's like, I, I mean, I just appreciate when people have the time to come on and talk. It's like, that's... It's cool. It ends up being fun, right? Because then we catch up and go over things that uh, are easy to forget because we yeah. do it so much. You get into that cycle. But um, sure. yeah, thanks for coming on. And I like that, the the answer that you just gave about respect because I think everybody gets into the the things that are not more shameful, but just the, the negative side of dating. Like, oh, just don't do it. It's a lot of hassle. But if you have a solid foundation, then anything's possible. Right, right. Um, oh, well, this is a silly question because you were nightlife or day life. You're a day life. So listen, okay, well, yeah, obviously day life. But one of, uh, one of the misconceptions I had when I first started the job and I, at Marquee, and I didn't see this as much at Dre's because they're uh, just as a venue, they function differently. But at Marquee, the the overflow from the nightclub on weekends was going to be out at the pool so mm-hmm. i i worked a night shifts my my three years there and um yeah i i just was <laughs> i wasn't I, i'll be real with you man i just wasn't fond of working at night um i got myself you know, out of that shit man hey and <laughs> like blade Man, uh, yeah, you you did that with swiftness too, and I'm not I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you for doing that. Um, but yeah, man, just one one quick story, man. And I know I know you hate talking about yourself on on your podcast, <laughs> man. Uh-oh. But one one of uh one of the dopest things I remember just about you Thanks. and uh, like your professionalism. I don't know I don't know how this happened, man. But Christmas night one year we were open. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's like Persian New Year in their in their culture. And so we may have been open for, if not Persian New Year, just because like Christmas was on a weekend or something. And I think uh, we were like the last to get to our phones for uh, being offered to be cut from that night shift. Mm-hmm. And I remember like we were both in there and that was the last place I wanted to be Christmas night. And you just had such a positive attitude, man. You're like, hey, man, I'm here. So, you know, I might as well uh, try to get some money. And, 
man, I just thought, uh, I just thought that like spoke volumes about you, man. And oh, just, uh, and just in terms of Happy just nervous. like, you know, just, just no, 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 no. In terms of like the, the leadership skills. So because of that, I, I completely understand why you went blade and you just ghosted the night shifts <laughs> on me, bro. You just left all the night shifts on me, bro. I Damn. said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'll do this one favor right now. And then now let's never again. Nah, you were never again seen at night, bro. And it's, it's all good. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> it was one of those, because you know what happened? I, what was the, like, the, the pitch I had to use to get out of night shifts? Um, I was scheduled the, a, week, a night sh- weekend of full of nights. And when I showed up for my shift, it was like I, I entered a shift where the most money had been spent at Marquee Day Club like ever somebody spent i mean half a million dollars on the deck and the bar right where i clocked in every single open space of the bar had shots on it and as i'm walking to just even put away my backpack uh people are handing me shot trays my managers at the time handing me a shot tray and they're like yo take these to the other side and pass them out and if you don't pass them out then just throw them in the trash and I was like, what, what is happening? And everybody was in like robes. There was food all over the place. Everybody was in good moods. And I'm coming in for a night shift on like a Friday. And it ended up, be, I had, I remember doing the money for that day and seeing what I missed out on. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, two things right here. One, I never want to work nights ever again. And two, I don't ever want to count anybody else's money ever again because i i just don't like to see what what's going on i don't want to be i don't want to have my hands in other people's pockets so anyways ugh, ugh. gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking about it because then they keep you there for all ungodly hours and you don't even know what's going on and then they'll be like um we're gonna sit this table and then in 20 minutes we're gonna take it inside and say like, well what am i even doing here what do you need me for can't you just put more Anyways. Yeah, bro, you're telling me everything I know. Right. It's like, but so, but nobody that's listening has heard this version of it. So I'm kind of like pandering out to them. Hey, hey, listeners, Evan, Evan had a great setup. My setup wasn't the same. Ours was a little. Yeah, yeah. I did. So the difference was um, being a lead. I was able to um, talk to the managers like more on a one private basis. And the 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 reason that it was able to work is because prior to that we had like everything used to be different where nobody got to keep their own money we were getting robbed nobody checked us out nobody checked us in it was just a weird situation so then when things started changing i remember that i asked for that on my exit interview i said next year it would be great if i didn't have to work nights anymore i mean it there's no sense like if we're only open for three hours and i have to be a lead right I work three hours Friday night. I don't make any money. I come in Saturday day because of my lead. I got to take care of the owners. I, again, don't make any money. And then Sunday, it's slow. I'm tired. I'm over in a weird section because I was already in the cabanas. And there's three days. I don't make any money for doing a good job. <laughs> I was like, so can we, can we just, I, which I'm cool with. I, I will continue doing that. But then if the next week I got to work all nights, then that's two weeks of not making any money. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Like when you're in positions where you can you can make those suggestions, like, you know, I'm a believer, I'm a wholehearted believer in, you know, speaking truth to the power that you're in, the position that you're in. Um, that example, you know, just happens to be a work example, but no matter where you're at in life, you know, if you're in that position, like don't don't be scared to speak up. Yeah, it changed a lot for us. Um Yeah. Uh, we used to earn none of the money that we got on the bus. There wasn't even a busser line. And then there was a busser line and we got no money from it. Yo, the busser lines has saved me right. numerous times, man. So yeah, it's, you know, don't, don't necessarily, you don't have to settle we were for part the of status that. quo. You don't have to. Yeah. I appreciate you. We don't have to settle for the status quo. I like that. Okay, cool. That was a good answer to the nightlife and daylight question. And then you got me to tell my little damn story. Um, <laughs> Do you have a like a the I mean we we already did talk about the hardest and best part of going to work every day but is there anything you could touch on in that little spot Um any any day can be the day where you make a ton of money so oh, um that's true it, look look and any day can be your day so uh just always go into it with you know just a optimistic attitude and yeah, like just be be ready and be ready for what happens. Don't 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 box yourself in. What's the hard part about coming into work? Um, not to be uh, pessimistic. No, 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 no. You just, no, but like let's let's be real. Um, <laughs> Remembering and, your work cards is the hardest thing for me. Damn. Um. Yeah, man. There, yeah. There's all. There's going to be things that you you forget. Um, and you you mentioned pessimistic. We've used words like um optimistic and and gratitude for me for me the tough part like if i'm just gonna be completely open um and candid the tough part was knowing that i felt like i had a an idea of what it is that i wanted to do for my life professionally and so while i was really appreciative of the job you know when i'm dealing with moments of you know you got somebody who might be disrespectful or just you know a another bad part about the job um, or a difficult part about the job, I should say. Um, it's like, man, you know, I, I, I should be somewhere else in my life. And that's how I felt. But oh, really? um, as yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think there's a number of us who feel like, you know, we should be doing, we should, we should be answering like whatever our calling is. But when those, you know, when those thoughts creeped into my head, I felt like I, you know, managed them well and I was able to shift back into focus and be like, okay, well, this is where I'm at right now. Let me be present. Things could be a lot worse. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to be in the position that I'm in because, you know, shit could always be a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's rather grateful. I mean, I, that's why it's like I'm asking you the question, even though I know you don't even think in that type of like mind frame of like what's the hardest thing about going to work it's like please i come here and every day somebody's probably if not definitely gonna hand me some money oh i'm about to make <laughs> bread i'm not right. <laughs> bread like listen this is this is gravy this is easy right okay so my last couple questions for you man i appreciate you yep. being here what are a couple tips that you would give yourself if you were new to auditions i mean you've obviously made it work at two spots so I'm, I'm there, there's misconceptions. There's a large consensus of people that share similar things. So I'm going to tell you what I believe and I'll, I'll, I'll give you context and I'll try to set it up with the story. So yes, you want to be in shape, 
but you also want to consider what type of person are you presenting, um, you know, at that moment. And I don't believe, you, you know, you're ever too cool not to smile. Like, you're, you're not that cool. Like, <laughs> smile. It's, uh, you can't it's, get hired at Marquee without it. You can't. You can't. And, you know, they've expressed that numerous times to, uh, to their employees. So, you know, smiling, it's, it's universal language. It's engaging. And it's inviting. So, you know, doing that, just being, being a decent human being and ask people, you know, how's their day? Just engaging with them on, on simple terms. Like, I don't know, just being observant, seeing what's going on in front of you. If you're dealing with somebody else, you know, that could be, you know, you could show that by asking them how their day is or just asking them a question about them. Um, but with with that with that said, you always want to be yourself and you, you don't want to be extra. I would say, remember that any situation, any situation that you find yourself in, remember that you're never too much or you're never too little, but you're the perfect amount of energy for that situation. Um, you know, so listen, I say all of that to set up probably like one, one of my final stories today, but we were talking about the, the two to three degrees of separation in Vegas. Um, while our population is climbing, it's still, it still has a small town feel. Everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. So in the interest of anonymity here, I, I won't mention any names, but I will tell you the story of my first interview, which blows my mind when I think back about it, really. <laughs> but I was... I was roommates at the time with a busser who was the lead. So I, re- I remember going to the interview and if you use a lead's name, um, if you're able to name drop that, I mean, that gives you uh, credibility to a sense with that interviewer. Right. Um, granted, I have no idea who these people are when I'm sitting <laughs> down to interview. Yeah. The person who I'm interviewing with, had a relationship, had a good friendship with a person who had dated this, uh, this person whose name I was, that I was using for the interview. And there, the, the person I used and his girlfriend at the time, their relationship, like it didn't work out and it ended from, from all implications, it just ended in a negative fashion. So now I'm being interviewed by the person who's friends with my roommate at the time. And this person who's interviewing me doesn't necessarily like my roommate at all. And Mm -hmm. so I remember dropping this name and I remember going through the interview like I crushed it because like, you know, I just had the confidence and it felt really good. And interviews done. I get up and leave, you know, um, do all the cordial stuff after and I'm walking away and thinking like, man, I killed it. But it was kind of like weird, like not having them to ask me to stay. But I was like, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe this is just part of the process. Anyway, like 10 seconds as I'm walking down, uh, as, I'm, as I'm leaving Tao, as I'm walking down the hallway, the manager comes and she's like, hey, Sebastian, come back. Can you wait? Can you wait a second? And like I ended up waiting, I ended up meeting um, two other managers that day and my, uh, my application was processed a little bit faster and I got pushed through at a more expedient rate. 
And so I get in, I have no idea if, if I were to have walked out of the club that day, I have no idea if they would have called me back. Um, I do have reason to believe that if I had walked, that would have been my last interaction with, you know, management for that year's auditions. Yeah. And they very well could have been like, yeah, no, nah, they, they could have passed on me very easily. But I don't know what it was. You know, I, 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 I don't know the answer. Maybe it was my energy. I don't know what it was, but um, it was something that made that manager take a second look. You know, they, they, they had a second thought. They took time to think it over. And they're like, you know, hey, come back. Like, I'm not going to let that, I'm, I'm not going to let that external relationship get in the way of my judgment when she was dealing with me or when they were dealing with me at that time. So, yeah, I think, I, I obviously think they made an amazing decision in obviously. not letting me walk. But yeah, man, I don't know. I, I just, I think that's crazy. Like, I very well may not have gotten the job based off of something that I thought was going to help get me the job. So, <laughs> hey, do you so, know my friend? Hey, I hate that motherfucker, man. Hey, uh, yeah, I don't fuck with him. But <laughs> the, moral, the moral of the story, what, to, to make this come full circle, is you, you got to be yourself. You know, if you think yeah. that dropping a joke is going to work and you don't normally drop jokes, then don't drop the joke, dude. You ain't funny. You're, you, you know, it, it might not be how you envision it. So just be yourself. Be authentic. And generally, authenticity breeds abundance is what some people say. So, yeah, was man, that out the alchemist or something? That was good. Yeah, hey, man, just be you. I like that. Um, all right, man, last question. Got one more for you. And then you can get out of here. I've kept you for almost an hour and a half. Man, is it? I don't know if we're, if we're breaking records, man. And I hope I didn't put any <laughs> list. Listen, for the listeners that I put um, to sleep, man, just uh, welcome back just with me. Just rock with me. Yeah, right. This is the last that, question. Yeah, it's the last question. <laughs> this has been great, man. Um, this one's for the guests. Like, having worked here, you get a, like you said, we meet so many people every day, every week, every year. What are a few things that you think, like, guests should know? It's hard to think of that on the spot, like, you know what I mean? Like, a generalized yeah. question like that. But, I mean, yeah, they obviously need to bring a- some money. But other than that, hit me with it. You need to bring bread. And am I sleeping with all my coworkers? No. Am I, I sleeping We're not. with all... I'm not. I'm not. Am I sleeping with all the baddest chicks that come through? Or am I sleeping with the chick after every shift? No, I'm not, dude. So I think those are those are the obvious. Like, just know that. Don't listen. I'd or if I am, it's something. just one of them. Or, you know, right, am, am I... Am I am I am I doing uh, orgies with swingers? No, I'm not. You know, but no, nah, it's that was so 2015. Oh man, <laughs> so it's like so. Th- th- those are the basics that just you know pop up um, in my mind. Like no, dude, it's just chill. But I will I will say this. Um, I think what can serve a guest for their best interest when they come and visit a club is befriending the busser um be befriending the busser and understanding let me take a step back and also like look if you think that you're going to be able to hook up with the server look man i think uh, the odds are stacked against you so you know you might be better off focusing focus your attention somewhere else in another channel and you might you know that that might lead you to some happiness but befriend your busser and 
what I mean by that is if you're able to, if you have a buster who's going to be like engaging and open to communication, uh, chances are that buster who lives his own life has uh, detail and perspective in, in the city that you might not have as a visitor. So they can set you up with like places to go, you know, things to go check out or, or what, what have you, you know, whatever you can imagine. Mm. And that can help make your experience better. And also, you know, if, if, if that rapport and that relationship is built, um, that's just going to make your day so much smoother at the club, you know, whether it's, you know, getting, whether it's, you know, hooking you up with something at a particular time to help make a certain impression on people, like, you know, the, the possibilities are endless when it comes to enhancing your experience while you're spending your time with us. So if you're able to chop it up with us and, um, you know, if you're able to take care of a busser, they're, they're, I would say more often than not, I, I hate to speak in a generality, but more often than not, they're going to find ways to take care of you. Um, and man, yeah, if you, if that can make your experience better, why not do that? That's a good, uh, a good point. Great point. Like if your, your dollar goes the furthest in a busser's hands, at the yeah. at, at, at some points, not all the time. Like hosts, promoters, they get you what you need to get into. But if you want somebody who's like got boots on the ground every single day, the busser could tell you what's going on, where, what, who, when, how, and they don't speak up unless spoken to. <laughs> For the most part, yeah, man. I mean, advice to everybody that so, does, like that doesn't want it. Some people want to kick it with uh, girls. Some people want nobody interrupting. Some people want to know what's happening tonight. Some people need advice for a show. Some people think, you know, hey, where's the best place to get something illegal? You know, it's, it's it never ends. Yeah, you know what? I can't. Uh, I can't make any suggestions on any of the. Illegal I can. Stuff, I don't work there right now. When. Uh, Hey, listen, if there's a if there's a member from the Nevada State Bar who is listening to this, I want to give you a shout out. Tolerance policy. I want to let you know. Hey, I want to let you know that I am following these ethics. But right. But but, um, but listen, I think um, I think that relationship can. Like I said, you know, it can enhance your experience. And I'll, I'll leave you. I'll leave you on this last story, man. I'll, I'll leave you on this last story. So, uh, when I worked at Dre's last summer, I called that um, my my Kobe farewell <laughs> tour. Rest uh. in peace, Kobe. But um, yeah, so so Kobe, his last season, people, you know, he he pulled out all the stops. People were showing him love, and I felt like he really enjoyed that last season of basketball that he played in. And that's how I tried to approach my to this point, you know, my last season in the industry. And man, I just, I, I had a great time. And I remember this one guest, he's asking me like, man, I, I just need the girls, man. But can you do that for me? I don't think you can do that for me. And I told him like flat out, I'm like, boy, stop playing. I got you. And I remember I just, I, I hit the deck, you know, got, um, you know, gave, gave, gave my man some variety, gave my man some options. And in return, I think uh, the ladies that I had spoken to, I think they enjoyed the fact that I was just being honest and open with them about what was happening. 
And the fact that these dudes were like, they were chill, they were cool, they weren't, uh, they weren't like creepers. And at the end of the day, like everybody ended up having a good time. And I remember like to this day, like we exchanged info and he's, you know, he hits me up on like IG, like, hey, I'm coming out to Vegas. And it's like, yeah, all right, dude. Well, hey, I'm glad you had a good time and I'm glad you entrusted me to make your experience better. I obviously did since you're still yeah. reaching out. And um, that I feel like that's an example of what to do if you're coming to Vegas. My dog. Hey man, I hey, I appreciate you, and uh, man, I'm super proud of uh, I'm super proud of you know you taking this up, man. This is a brilliant idea. This is going to blow up, and you're definitely going to. Uh, I'm just going to speak this into existence, man. You're going to monetize Ooh. this, bro. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, for allowing thank you, me to man. Be a guest. You, that was great. All right, bro. It's been a pleasure. Yes, I'm sir, I appreciate it, soon. man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Peace. Thanks for listening, guys. Quick sign off this time. I hope everybody's doing well, and I appreciate you being here with me. Until next time, I'll catch you all. Peace.